0: In the new year, we're here, of course, with Pistol Pete Hooley. Nothing's really changed from 2019 to 2020 for
1: us, has it, Pete? No, nothing's all the same, but happy new year to everybody. Hope you enjoy this. We've got a big episode to start off the year. We do. Before we jump into all the basketball crap that we are going to talk about, we want to pay homage to some people that have
0: done some great things in the bushfire relief. Of course, a shocking, shocking tragedy and it does feel weird having to come in here and banter and, and talk shit like we usually do when there's all these people struggling out there. But we will get to it before we do. Matt Walsh, of course, I want to jump Because I've been hard on the breakers. Understand. And I, I haven't been that hard on Matt Walsh. I, I have given Matt Walsh somewhat of a, a plea deal on a few of these mistakes. But for him to donate the amount that he's donating, matching the ticket sales for the breakers, the three-point stuff, I'm not sure the exact metrics of it, but he's donated a lot of money. So for an American-born guy... Owning and CEO of a New Zealand-based team, that is huge. LaMelo a month's salary, Mitch Creek putting in, I think it was over $5,000 just out of his own pocket. Mitch McCarron, Kyle Adnam and Angus Glover auctioning off shoes, doing everything. The whole league has come together to do their bit so far.
1: Well, there's been so many more players and it's so awesome to see what we're going through right now. is horrible and uh, it's starting to really reach worldwide news and a lot of people are really digging in deep into their pockets and that's all they have to do. But I've got something to say on this topic because I can't really put a video on Twitter on Instagram. I'm not like that. But as much as social media takes off with all this stuff, there's still those people who are really angry and they're angry at politicians, at SCOMO and using all their energy towards all that. Now's not the time for that. No, 100% with you. It is. Right? No matter how much you want to tell SCOMO he's doing a shit job, that's not helping the people who just lost their home. So my plea to you guys is keep all that anger, bottle it up, but right now come together. Australians, what we do is we come together, especially in tough times. We are one country. We are one people. So we have to come together right now to help each other. When we start to get back on our feet, things settle down, use that, do what all Australians do, have a beer and have a good old crack at him. But now <laughs> not the time. I And I'm sick of seeing it. Everyone's like, oh, the politics... Not the time. The time is to come together and help each other.
0: We're going on that. The current impending invasion of Iran. No, I'm joking. <laughs>
1: no, yeah, we, we won't, won't get
0: that. deep into politics on this one. Let's get into the basketball stuff here. South East Melbourne. Reject. Leave. Gone. Whatever you want to call it. Fire. Release. Well, it's not really that case. They've gotten rid of Benson, but they've found him another job. So in that contract to start with, they were able to release him, get him off the books, and they wanted to do this about six weeks ago, apparently, but they've now found him a job in Dubai. So whatever team he's gone to in Dubai, I assume he's earning the same money and that contract is just going to be transferred. And I've got a little story from the inner sanctum Ooh. of Southeast Melbourne here, which I absolutely love. So one of the players, and I won't name him, obviously just, just sort of missed the... The whole Benson thing might have just gone over his head in terms of this contract situation, finding a new job. Right. So, apparently, Simon Mitchell, you know, says to the group, you know, everyone, this is going to be Keith's last week with the team. We right. found him a new job over in Dubai. Obviously, referring to a new basketball job. Oh, no. So, when they all go together, <laughs> one of the guys, one of the development guys comes in and goes, yo, that's crazy. Keith's not going to play basketball anymore? Oh, no. And people are like, what? What do you mean? He's going over to Dubai. He's like, yeah, yeah, Simon said that he has got a new job in Dubai. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wow oh. It wasn't that bad He had a couple of Really good games right, But come on <laughs> like, no, he, he, A basketball <laughs> job man Yeah And you know what It's good for both sides And I think I heard some rumours as well That he was like Well you can't get rid of me It's too late in that So I'm yeah. just gonna hang around And all the credit, well, goes to Dane Peno, who's been awesome. Which we'll Huge. touch on. We'll touch on later. We don't want to get into that right now. But good for both sides, and I, I think hopefully they can find a really good replacement to make a good run because they need, or oh, do they? Well, they need. They a, need something. They they are on they the worst a, skid in the league right they need now. They a desperately need something. But I don't I don't think they need that spot necessarily.
0: No, well that's the thing. And what do you in at this point of the year for someone in time to learn the offense? The battle for fourth and third is that. Harsh right now that you you may leave it too late if you bring in a new guy. Do you bring in? There was some talk over Jervis, which I believe now has been quashed. He's not going to be in there. What about a guy like Jay Crocker? who you've already had on the team? He already knows the
1: offense. He's well liked by the team. He slots in there nicely, and he can score the ball at a relative rate if he's actually given a chance. I prefer if they went down to more of a, a two-three man type of that way because Dane's doing his thing. So then when Dane, Dane picked the best week to go for twenty rebounds, hundred percent. But when he <laughs> so when Dane goes out or whatever. Then you can slide tie up to the five, potentially. Creek can play the four. And then you can bring in a really... You can bring in a Stanton kid type player. Would be awesome for the Phoenix. Yeah, but can they... Are they they on the budget to be able to get a guy like that, a fringe NBA guy right now? Well, they've only got a few months left to to pay him out. So it's not like they have to pay him for like three years. But I think that'd be the... I would rather see them get that type of player rather than a five man who has to sit... Because you're you're not bringing someone in to replace Dane. No, he's proven himself throughout this year. So you want someone to come in who's still going to probably come off the bench but can fill maybe a 2-3, maybe even a bit of a 4. Well, you need
0: some more points because right now Mitch Creek and Roberson are carrying the absolute bucket load when it comes to points. Ty Wesley's just getting back into things. Ty's still still getting back into it but the bucket load of points is coming from two guys which is potentially the best duo in the league. Sign Billy Preston. No, no, I'm kidding. I am kidding. He can well and truly (laughs) explode him off. There is no chance he is coming back in this league. But anyway, the second one and... I had my sauce shovel out. I've done a bit of digging on all this time they've had off. Because while you guys rest, I go out there digging for new information, which unfortunately I've only come up with one thing in about two weeks. But this is
1: big time source. This, this is
0: This is a big time source, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna this isn't, you know, as source from the fridge as some of these people have been coming out with <coughs> Cam Luke. <laughs> oh,
1: no, <laughs> yes, true. But no, no. That is I've- my
0: Cam Luke is my guy. I come at him on the show, but that is my guy. LaMelo ball. Now the figure of one hundred million dollars and a private jet has been thrown out continuously. Well, no, for people who are aware, what is exactly that offer for? What was that said? So the offer was said. Yep. Through I don't know what source it came from. I'm assuming it was Jermaine Jackson. One hundred million. The offer for an endorsement deal, for Mello Ball, is one hundred million dollars and a private jet. Now private jets retail for around thirty to ninety million dollars. Yes. So we'll put that at about one hundred and thirty minimum. So a hundred and thirty million dollar deal. Now let me before I reveal what I've been told. Let's roll through the top 3 rookie endorsement deals over the past sort of decade and yep. of when actual big money's been thrown around for this sort of stuff. Number 1, LeBron, 7 years 87 million. Number 2, Zion, 5 years 75 million. Durant, 7 years 60 million. So you will more or less have to double <laughs> The biggest offer that has been given to three certified no chance of being a bust players in LeBron, Zion and Durant. Well, yeah, you've got some pretty pretty ridiculous names in there. Now, the source that I have, which has actually gone through someone else to get to this source because it's a high level one, is a rep for one of these big companies. And they have assured me that the deal for LaMelo is around the... Who are they also in talks with? Right. 35 to $45 over four years. Which seems right. Which, yeah, maybe just ditch the 100 million and just the private jet on that original estimate. But that is way, way out of this stratosphere and completely false. Around 35 to 45 million over four years, which is still a big deal for someone who, in my opinion, has the highest bust ceiling in the draft.
1: Well, I don't want it to go. We'll talk on that. I in don't a think he's
0: going to be a bust by any means. I think he's going to be a great player. Right. But you look at Cole Anthony, yep. James Wiseman, he's the most likely in that thing to. We, we've already seen it with Lonzo. To be potentially disappointing as a result, small frame, sort of untested, overseas
1: league. I'm not going to go around the bus path because I want to talk about when you, when whoever is listening to it and first heard those numbers, a hundred million dollars and a private jet. If you're sitting there having your coffee, having whatever, thinking, oh, that's huge! Like that's that's big time." He just had two triple doubles. That's accurate. You're an idiot. Yeah, there is no <laughs> way because all you have to do is you just have to Google LeBron seven years. 87 million. This is LeBron.
0: And I understand money changes and and people say that LaMelo has a massive market that he's dealing with. Yes, he has a big market. But people forget so quickly the hype around Zion Williamson. Was huge. huge. Unprecedented at the time. Unprecedented hype yeah. far
1: far greater than the hype around LaMelo Ball. And don't get me wrong, LaMelo has his hype. LaMelo's going to do good things, I'm sure. LaMelo's going to be amazing in the NBA. But that number is absolutely absurd. And you know what? I don't see it happening, but if it did, we would gladly sit here and say we are one hundred percent wrong. But you've already got your shovel out, so I've got a You're my partner in this, and I've got to back you here. I've got to back that your shovel <laughs> is it, accurate. I
0: appreciate that I'm digging the hole that we're both jumping <laughs> into. <laughs> no, but that is that thirty-five to forty-five million over a four-year span Sounds is right. the ballpark figure, and maybe people will throw stuff in tickets to. Six Flags, I don't know what else you throw in on top oh, you, of that You money. can't count
1: that as a package though, can you? I count that as a package. So I'm you, taking yearly membership to Six Flags on an endorsement deal. A few guys did that for the Gold Coast for Movie World. Didn't work out too well for them. <laughs>
0: Shout out to Gold Coast Movie World if anybody <laughs> wants to throw any <laughs> tickets this way. Wild West Falls, one of the best rides in the country. Anyway, we'll jump over to the MVP frontrunners. So someone who was heavily backed at the start of the year to be the MVP was LaMelo Ball. Those punters probably aren't going to get a payout on that one, but he has had an amazing year anyway. Well, he's not playing again. Do you reckon he's not playing? again? Nah, he's not playing again. I reckon he's playing again. Nah. No, no. I, he's, still it, in a hard, moon he's still in boot. a moon boot, and it's probably. It, I don't think he should play again, but I reckon he comes out for maybe one or two more games towards the end. I reckon he plays one or two
1: more games. Well, we'll see. And if he does, that's at max. There's at no max. More than
0: if that. I was him, I'd shut it down. But again, you're not him. I'm not him. And he's, getting, <laughs> he's MVP, getting 100 mil. The MVP, and we talk about the top sort of MVP favorites, Casper Ware, Bryce Cotton, Mitch Creek, these guys. But I want to talk about the people who could sneak in there because when we talk about most valuable player, we're talking about the most valuable player, not just the best player award. It is who is most valuable to their team. The reason Andrew Bogart won it last year. Bryce Cotton may have been the best player in the league. But Andrew Bogut won the award because he was the most valuable to his team. You take him out of that team, they
1: are nothing. But that's not the way it's voted on by the people who do the votes. They don't think of it that way. They're thinking of the best player. That's been the problem with the MVP for so long. That's why it's like the best and fairest they do, although they changed the name for it because people don't, when you think of MVP, people are thinking of, oh, he's the best player, best scorer, best whatever. People don't necessarily vote with that valuable prospect because I know there's a couple names that should definitely be in there. Well, there is,
0: and we'll run we'll run through them. We'll go through New Zealand, Hobson. Has he played enough games? No, but again,
1: you, right now, you take him out of that team they're and done. they're not winning anything. They're done.
0: Well, they did that and they weren't winning anything. Exactly. They, they, they tried and tested that method and it completely backfired for them. Right,
1: so again, then if we're going on most valuable, if we're changing and what it should be, then yes, he's a huge candidate. Can Scott Machado. Yes, again, take him out and what? But Nothing. do you
0: think... No, no, we'll, we'll talk literally about it. If I, I don't think Hobson's played enough games where if New Zealand sneak into the four, he still won't win the award. New Zealand won't be touched in terms of that award. Is he one of the best players in the league? Yes, but he won't win the MVP, hasn't played no, enough games. No, he won't win it, no. If Cairns make it in to fourth or even third, if they make it to third and Scott Machado continues to play the way he is, yep. is he winning the MVP? Yes.
1: Yes, over Bryce Cotton, even if Perth... Finish second Because the way it's done It's not done like it has been done In years past Or like a brown low Where people do votes after games Seeing stats Or just having a fresh mind Of oh that guy did that People sit back and be like Hang on He's been really good Really consistent all year And he's taken cans From where they were To where they are now he gets my vote. He'd get my vote. If I was ever entrusted into sort of any authority by any government. Which you never force, will be. Which
0: never will be. No. For the, I would ne- also never be a member of a club that would have me as a
1: member. It's one of
0: those sort of situations.
1: <laughs> no, but here's like, if people are thinking whoever the vote is, if I, you put, uh, say they sneak into third, yeah. Perth finish second, uh, Sydney finished top, and you put three names in front, and you go Casper, Bryce, Machado. The first thing I'm thinking as a voter is, well, Bryce's team's been solid all the time for the last few years. He's doing what he always does. Casper went over to Sydney. They're loaded. They finished first. They got it done. Machado, where he's come from, what he's done, he gets my vote based on that. You take him out, they're in trouble. But then again, you take Bryce out. That's the hard thing. They're it's, in
0: trouble. <laughs> I, I would not be against a split award for Bryce Cotton and Scott Machado. I think Casper wears had a little bit too inconsistent of a season. As great of a player he is and as great as Sydney are doing, they've got a stacked roster. They can win without. Casper having a massive game, as they did on the weekend. Okay, well now, let me throw a couple more names out. Brisbane sneak into the four, Lamar Patterson. Lamar Patterson. The most valuable player in the league, for sure. He He's the flat-out most valuable player in the league. Whether they finish last or first, he's the most valuable player. You take him out of to Brisbane, that team, 100%. They, are, they are affected more yep. than if you take, say, a Bryce Cotton out of Perth. Yep. Lamar Patterson is an absolute beast. Yeah, And if, if they sneak into fourth, which I am very... I, yeah. and, and someone brought this up, Luke Cooper brought this up on Twitter ex-Sydney Kings player, saying that, why doesn't Lamar, Lamar Patterson, I was about to call him LaMelo Patterson, I'm just on <laughs> freaking ball train. Why doesn't Lamar Patterson get mentioned into this MVP debate like we do Scott Machado and, and even Hobson to some extent? It's because Brisbane have never, ever, ever, ever looked in contention of even contesting year, for a final 100% spot. 100% That's correct. the
1: issue. Okay, Mitch Creek. There's another one. You They're take gonna have, him they, out of the Phoenix...
0: They're not winning games. Okay,
1: he's up there with Lamar
0: Patterson. He's a do it all, jack of all trades type player where you take him out, you lose. Strength
1: in too many areas, areas, rebounding, assists, points. So people need to realise that this award does depend on how your team is doing. 100%. As it should. As it should. 100% because people are like, well, he's Lamar. Otherwise, the
0: best player on the worst team would get
1: it every year. Right, because he's the most valuable to that team. Fair enough. But if yeah. your team's a
0: donkey, then what's the point? Well, it was raised to me as well that the Coach of the Year and MVP, and I think it was 2016 or something, Sean Dennis for back in like Townsville's yeah. life. How did they get it? They finished last. Dennis won Coach of the Year and Conklin won MVP. Can someone like? I tried to do a bit of research in this, and and maybe we've got to get Mark Sloak and the stat man from NBL Facts involved on this. But how on fucking earth Can someone win the MVP and coach
1: of the year from the team that finishes last? That could have been back to the votes are done after every game and Conklin just beasting and and being like, oh, well. He's got all the votes. And thank it God, ha- God, it happens it was changed. in a lot of things. Thank like, God it was changed. I, we don't talk about AFL, but I'm going to. Nat Fife won the Brownlow, and he got three votes after games where well, they lost by forty. Yeah, that was crazy, and, and the tide seems to be changing with that. Yeah, that never used to happen, which is absurd. You lost yeah. by forty to sixty points, and you're getting three votes. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still mad about that. Well, well Peter tries Neil. to
0: turn this one into a football podcast. We're going to jump over and see what we're, though just chilling up in Bunbury has to say about this week's action.
2: G'day there fellas and Happy New Year to all the Trash Talk family. I'm not going to cut loose today, but more of a word of warning for those people who are doubting the Sydney Kings right now. The Sydney Kings started the season great, but of late had dropped a couple of games and had started to ask the question, are they good enough to win the championship? I love what Will Weaver's done this year. Not only did they start well, but they've been able to manage their minute load of an older group. When we look at it last year, they looked tired at the end of the season. They looked worn down. And so Will Weaver has, to me, planned out that he was going to manage his minutes, which he's afforded to do when you get off to a great start. Casper Ware's been the only guy that's consistently averaging over 30 minutes. And let's not forget that there's three guys out of their regular rotation that have been sitting down as well. Kevin Lish, Craig Moller, and Diddy Lazada have all been missing with injury. That's allowed players like Sean Bruce, Daniel Kickett, and now Xavier Cooks to try and find their groove. The Sydney Kings are managing their season very, very well and it tells me that they are managing and looking at the championship and the big picture. Championships aren't won over Christmas. They can be lost over Christmas, but they're not won over Christmas. And what they've been able to do is allow that Andrew Bogut, who looked tired at the end of last season, to be fresh going into finals when they need him most. Don't worry about how they play on-ball defence because their guards will also be fresh and ready to roar. The Sydney Kings, to me, still have the best defence in the league when it comes down to it and being able to lock down players one-on-one. I look forward to seeing the rest of the season and seeing what the Kings do come finals time. But to me, Will Weaver has had the long-term view and that long-term view was to win a championship and he's going to do so this season.
1: Well, he didn't really cut loose. <laughs> no, well, he did
0: warn us that he wasn't going to cut loose. Yeah. So we give him credit there. But I've got to agree with him. I think it's uh, doubt the king's at your own peril. Will Weaver is an analytics-driven coach. So again, I, don't, I think he's just preparing himself to be 100% or his team to be 100% once the business end of the season comes around. Andrew Bogut's another guy. He's a championship winner in the NBA. Yeah, he knows when he, he knows has, his body. Yeah. There's no way this guy's going to be pushing himself. You know, you can get your Sean Longs, and this isn't a dig at Sean Long. Yep. Uh, remember that. You can have your guys like Sean Long that are scoring 35 and 20 at this point of the year, but Andrew Barker doesn't care about that. He can put his pride aside and say, yeah, I'm just going to rest my body for a little bit here. Let these guys can do what they want. Everyone say that I'm not the best center in the league for a
1: while. But once finals comes around, I'll tell you what, that man is going to be ready to go. Well, because you don't know how many years Bogues has left. And you sh- maybe think that if they win, if they win, I reckon that's what I mean. So you'd be thinking the same. He's like, why do I need to try and get another contract? Even
0: if, this, even if they don't win, I'm saying that this is the last year well, for Bogues. Okay, well, because he has so many. Because think about Andrew Bogan, and You can see him from his Twitter and all this. He has so many interests outside yeah. of basketball, business, politics, whatever it
1: is. As I spill my coffee across no, that's, the table. But that's a topic for another day. I'm When he says, like, I think you're right. I think they're definitely playing. Because I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, people are worried about their teams. Your team has to be playing their best basketball come late Jan, early Feb, end of the season. Because that's all that matters. And when it comes to the playoffs, you could go undefeated. But if you're playing like crap in the playoffs, you're on the yeah. couch. The one thing I will say, he's saying that uh, Castle wears the most minutes. Not only that, but he's doing a lot on both ends. He's running around chasing Bryce for 30-plus minutes as well as taking a lot of shots trying to score on the other end. So I think they need Kevlish back ASAP or someone else to help take the pressure off him both defensively and offensively because he tries to do both and he's one of the most elite two-way players in the game. But it's hard to do that over the whole course of the season. That will take toll, toll on your body, no matter how good he thinks his body is. Well, <laughs> I don't care, can see how him, good by the way he flexes. He thinks it's yeah. pretty good. And you do think it's pretty good, Cass, but he needs help. He needs someone back. That was what we were all looking forward to seeing him and Kev really trade off with that. So hopefully they get Lish back real soon. I
0: think you've hit the nail on the head. I have absolutely nothing to add to that. You Stop have, agreeing you have with that, like, You're blushing now. You're blushing. Yeah. Stop you've absolutely hit the it. nail on the head there. But anyway, it's time for In Play or Out of Bounds. And this is one of my favourite topics we have ever done on this Ooh. segment. Should small market teams, which has already been a little sort of rumour that it has happened behind the scenes, form an alliance? I'm talking about the Cairns, Illawarra, Brisbane to an extent, maybe even Adelaide. Because right now we've got these three big market teams, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, powerhouses, as the top of the ladder sort of – and every year the ladder reflects that. Should these guys form somewhat of an alliance where they share resources, where there would be management – some behind-the-scenes sponsor sponsor stuff, scout video, all that sort of stuff. It may save them having to have an extra person that stays up all night scouting. All this sort of stuff, so they can compete and sort of raise their level a bit. But then, what, what happens then? The, the big three form an
1: alliance as well, and we get we get conferences, <laughs> we get divisions. But no, I well, you say, I'd say agree that'd it be fun to watch. But cans are doing so well this year anyway. With this kind of, year. without it, well, they've had they made the grand final a few years ago as well. They've got, and here's the thing. They are not going to be able to afford to keep these imports, in my opinion. No chance, which So is there's sad. your issue. Okay. So I'm also thinking if we're going to go down that path, then how about <laughs> on some away trips, they get certain people to stay outside and have a concert... In front of the hotel. Kind of like they're doing the Champions League. Like busking. Yeah, no. As in keep everybody awake from that team so then they can take Oh, I thought you
0: legitimately meant like Scott Machado gets out there on the banjo and starts playing
1: it to raise money for... Well, no. If I'm a Cairns (laughs) fan right now, I'm on the street with my violin trying to get money for Cairns Stuff like that. Like
0: I remember they did in the cricket once. The Australian fans set the fire alarm off in the England hotel. Yeah, that's what... stuff like that. Rally (laughs) together, fans. This is a call to action. Disturb the opposing teams. Disturb the road teams' hotel activity. You took that... Way wrong.
1: Yeah, I got a bit aggressive But I was thinking like players, uh, fans can busk. Like if I'm a Nilowarra fan, I want Cairns to keep Machado. Oh, here's my pocket money for Machado for this week. Little GoFundMe.
0: GoFundMe. Well, we've seen how powerful GoFundMe can be. For the right reasons. I I don't don't think think that one would be able to carry it. But no, there there is some merit to it. As much as we take the piss out of it, there is some merit to it. Sharing resources. Who's doing it at the moment? I believe it's New Zealand and Brisbane are sharing some resources behind the scenes because Matt Walsh is the new owner or something. that They have some good
1: connection. And they're playing each other this weekend, so that'll be interesting. And they're playing, yeah, well, you know oh, Maybe it's Eight it's just overtimes. To- eight
0: overtimes. <laughs> what are the chances? People got their money's worth. Good game. Carry on. <laughs> well, anyway, it's time to get on to hot and cold, and we're going to start off with the team we just mentioned. Hot or cold, the New Zealand Breakers are legitimate title contenders, not just top four contenders, but legitimate
1: title contenders with Sydney, Perth, and Melbourne. And the snakes. And before we answer that, you need to look straight into that camera behind me and make the (sighs) biggest apology to the breakers as a whole and Dan Shamir, because about two, three weeks ago, you were appalled about the two-week extension, uh, two-year extension, extension, extension. and they have turned everything around and you are probably the sole reason, but you owe them a full-on apology.
0: Dan Shamir, I am sorry. I'm not going to apologise to that Muppet assistant coach. I'm not (laughs) apologising to the Muppet assistant coach, Moody, that jumps around because this is Dan Shamir's team and he he takes this one by the horns. Dan Shamir, I apologise sincerely for coming at you over this contract extension. You have well and truly deserved it. You have got the New Zealand Breakers rolling like a steam train at the moment and I am sorry. Who I am not going to apologise is Craig Stanaway. Who still acted like a fool on Twitter, but I will give him some... I'm not apologising, but I'm giving him some reprieve. 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 No, I am giving him some reprieve because apparently... You met him on the weekend at the game at the State Basketball Centre, and he was an absolutely amazing bloke. He was, and this is something
1: as I was a big the court- Craig
0: Stanaway is the media. If you listened to last week's podcast, the media manager, I believe, for right. The New Zealand and Breakers. Yeah, who that- I went out for his actions on, on Twitter. Twitter, which is lawyer up, buddy. Yeah,
1: whatever that happened, but he was so good to giving me information as a courtside commentator that I could then relate to the game about injuries, and we kind of worked together to get the message out about Fata rest in peace, which was an awesome thing. The Breakers came together and had that emotional win, but he was an awesome person for me to be able to be. A part of because it's hard being a commentator, you want to see what's happening, you want to be able to relay information. But a lot of people like to keep it in house. He was awesome. Big shout out to the Breakers as a whole for everything they've done over the last week. They have been so classy as an organization. and I would week. love it if they came out and said, you know what, we heard what Felix said, and this is a big <laughs> F you to Felix. I'd love that. <laughs> love that. I wish. But on, on that
0: note, rest in peace to of the team manager for the New Zealand Breakers, because both of us have played, no matter what level you play at, whether it be the highest level or juniors, the team manager is the one that keeps it all together. I can only imagine how hard it is for that team. Because he was actually, if you look back on the history of this guy, he was actually quite a good athlete in his own right when it comes to rugby. And he's got a son that plays over at Dartmouth, I believe it is, in the college system, plays basketball over there in the junior. Tall Black's there. But that just ripped through a team like nothing else because team managers are the absolute glue that keep these things together, emotionally, spiritually, whatever you want to say. it. On all the teams that I've been on, I almost remember the
1: team manager I remember the team manager of every single team that I've been on through juniors to everything well when you're sitting there waving a towel you get to speak to the team manager a lot more so that, uh, but no they were really emotional it was a great <laughs> win good for. You. It was, thanks mate that was good for the breakers and I was really proud of them I'm sure he'd be proud of them but are they a legitimate title contender cold I don't think they are Sek Henry just got hurt don't know how bad that is they've had a lot of injuries I don't know if their depth is here but when you're riding an emotional roller coaster like this you can go a long way with it so I hope they do and Scotty Hobson not only is he a great bloke He's one of the best players in the league. He can take him a long way. He I is, don't think they can win the title. He's a
0: beast as, as well. I reckon they're a team that could... They're just not going to win. They're not going to win over a three-game series. They're not going to win over a five-game yeah. series, in my opinion. But you know what? With the class that they've shown this weekend, I will be happy to be oh, proven wrong. Oh, wow. I am a changed man, and I God. am now on the Breakers bandwagon. I'm not on the bandwagon, but... Right. I hope the best for them. Jump on. Yeah, jump on. Five in a row wins for the breakers. Shout out. Hot or cold? Casper Ware versus Mallow Trimble. Who is better? Right now, Mallow Trimble is out shooting at about 48%. Casper Ware on a more winning team, about 30... I believe it's 39%. And 28%. And 28%. So pretty, pretty shit, for lack of a better term.
1: Oh, he's having a shocking year. He's having a shocking year. He knows in I mean, He know But it. all
0: this talk about Melo, about Casper Ware, how people blame Melbourne's struggles purely on the fact that Casper Ware isn't there anymore, is ridiculous. It's an easy out. It's, it's, an an easy it's an easy out. It's an easy it's out. An easy and out. it's disrespectful to Mellow Trimble, who in his own right is having a great year. Forty-eight percent from the field, around thirty-nine percent from the three-point line.
1: I've said this about Melbourne's roster in for a long time, and. When you have such a talented roster, anyone who wins a championship, those players have their roles 100% defined and they play to their role. No one tries to go do too much. No one does too less. They've had injuries. They've had a new guys come in. So they not only do they have to... We fo- need to hold Melbourne accountable here, though. They are playing like shit even when they're together. Yes, I know. But they So they had no role clarity coming in from a preseason. They never had one together. People were injured. People were away. Dave Barlow was injured. Casey Prather. So everyone's role has changed and it's so hard to deal with. But again, you played the big bucks, jump on board. It's easier said than done, clearly, as we're seeing. And a lot of teams who are really trying, who are really talented, finding that role clarity is so hard. Adelaide's had a bit of struggle with it as well. But it's really hard to find that. But I think, hot or cold, it is way too much of an easy out to blame Melo Trimble. 100%. And, and people on Twitter have jumped at, jumped at me. They've
0: jumped at NBL personnel saying that we don't go at Melbourne enough because of their poor performances. Where We go at Brisbane. We go at Adelaide when they play like shit. Now, the issue here for me, is that Melbourne every single year have had these spurts where everyone says, oh, they're, they're no good, yeah, they're off. And yeah. you know what? They've come back and won. It's like why I'm not worried about the Perth Wildcats playing like shit right now. Because they've done this before. Every time the tennis rolls around, the Wildcats just seem to rein it in and just not care about it for a couple of weeks. They might lose six games in a row. But I'll tell you what, when the finals start, they'll be there, Ex- ready to go. And you know what I reckon? Experience
1: matters. So will Melbourne. Experience
0: matters when it gets to playoffs. Well, you, you remember the year, the year that we played? Again, people were writing us off because we lost... A, I forgot what the skid was, but we went through a skid of games. Yeah, and then Last year, Melbourne went through another skid. MMA. Everyone was saying, was oh, Chris Goulding he's no good. Then he lights it up. Yeah. It's just what happens. And it's,
1: I don't know whether it's the way that Dean Vickerman coaches or what it is, but they find a way to get it done at the pointy end of the season. Well, this is more to that point you said before you went back to Melbourne if everyone wrote off Tariq White last year. It's like, oh, he's all right. He's- I, and did. Then- I-, I called for Tariko White to be sent home about 17 times. And then this man just won them a grand final series. And that's what it comes down to. If you win a championship, nothing else matters. <laughs> nothing else matters. So, yeah, very harsh to shout Is that Metallica? Military. Nothing else
0: matters. Nothing think it Metallica. I've still got... I'm not going to scream it. Take me it home. Is, it is. Producer got... Ollie in the ear has just said it is. Thank you to the bald bearded man who most definitely listens to... <laughs> <laughs> who listens to Metallica. Anyway, hot or cold, we really don't have to say hot or cold here. 20 rebounds for the great man, Dane Pernod. 17 points and 20 rebounds. A career high on the boards,
1: which started off as 19 and then the NBL corrected it to 20. Point, to 20. It was awesome. He yeah. just does all those little things. He never demands the ball. Imagine having a starting five. Have you seen him shoot? I wouldn't demand the ball either. I love you, Dane, but... (laughs) Okay, Dane, when you listen to this, just bring up your NBL field goal percentage versus Felix. Felix is one of seven. Dane is 10 times the NBL player that I ever was and ever will be. But this is what makes him so good. As any other starter in the league, you can't tell me one player who doesn't want the ball or need the ball. He just goes after rebounds, passes it off, and gets O-boards.
0: That's his role. And you know what? He's in the right place at the right time on every single play. This is one of those guys that Southeast Melbourne needs to keep. And yeah, they've, they've, got, they've got him on a, It's a mutual option But the options hey, are worth The paper that they are written on I have no doubt That Dane wouldn't want to move Anywhere well, else Well maybe he wants Some more money You never money. know Well look right now There's clubs that This is a guy That is totally no hassle To get 20 rebounds in a game Is a massive effort And every time Someone has been out Of this lineup, When Benson was out to, When Ty Wesley was out to start When Benson was out now Dane has stepped up To another level He just needs more money Needs more money Pay the man <laughs> Pay him I'll be Simon Mitchell. Anyway, and also we got to shout out Brad Pinot, who actually had 20 rebounds. Dane's dad, How cool three is that? times. How cool the is that? The only father-son duo to both have 20 rebounds. But i got to shout out to Brad. He had plus 20 three times in one year for Davenport. That's absurd. Or we, Dane to Tasmania. Locked in. Locked Sauced. in. There we go. Sauce shovel. Tomato twice. sauce. Threw that one out. Hold on, Colts. Snakes top three. We've spoken about Cairns all year saying, can they make the top four? Now I'm starting to say, when you look at their run home, so the next three games, Adelaide, Southeast Melbourne, Illawarra. Are they a potential? Could we see the Snakes finish third and Melbourne United finish fourth?
1: Yeah. The way they're rolling. Yeah, dude... good. Okay, we're done. Yeah, we're okay, done. next, no, next. No, hot. <laughs> yes, they can. And I think but the big test is this game against Adelaide because Cairns sometimes don't show up against the games. They believe their talent will help them win. So that's if they can get over that mental hurdle that they've struggled consistently throughout the year. I'm going to start penciling them in for that, which would be unreal for Cairns. That would be
0: unreal to have them finish. And we we talk about people at the start of the season complaining and complaining and complaining, saying there's no parity or any of this sort of stuff. This is the closest league in the world. So you can throw finances out the window right now.
1: Okay. When When they get on court, this is the closest league in the world. If Cairns finish third, which means they'll probably play Perth if they finish second in the playoffs, will they be more of a title contender if they finish fourth and have to play Sydney first? Who are they more likely to beat in a 3 oh, I don't, game I'd, have to, I'd have
0: to go back on history against the size, But I have they had success in the jungle? But, but Yes. Perth, Cairns well, have. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's right, they have. I they they remember yeah. that because they've smacked
1: them. Yes, twice. They've smacked them. So I yeah. think that would be in Perth's head. That, so 100%.
0: Be. That is the bogey team. Just, they, just like Illawarra in the past has been a yep. bogey team for United. Cairns have not You're right. I, I don't know how I didn't pick
1: that if up. If they cross over with Perth in the playoffs, they are title contenders. That's a very good pickup from you there, Purdy.
0: Hot or cold. Now, I wasn't there for this one, but Southeast Melbourne should play all their games at the State Basketball Centre. So you comment on this one because I wasn't actually there for this one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say hot, and I spoke to Tommy Grit. That environment was awesome. People were ju- It was like a college game. They had the band. It was so loud. Everyone fully embraced Capacity? being out. I'm not, I think it's three, and, three and, a half, and a half, four, maybe, three and a half. Mm. Maybe not, but you're going to have every single game sold out. So I think they're going to do a few more next year, but maybe not every game. But if they had said, let's say, every other like little game they would play there this year and they'd play the throwdowns, obviously, both all four of them in Melbourne Arena. The Kings, maybe, their big matchup. And then the Hawks for the Lamello Factor, they sold that out at Melbourne Arena. But every other game at the State Basketball Centre, the whole layout was sick. You walked in the door, they had it all phoenixed up. They had nice things outside. Granted, they were doing a lot for the bushfires as well. Shout out to Phoenix, that was awesome. But it was just a cool environment, completely different to what you're going to get at these other stadiums. So maybe not every game in your first year, but I think they should have had more than two.
0: I reckon they definitely should have had more, but it, but it's hard because, look, even even that first game, and I understand it was a throwdown, was packed out and you think you could fill it out. But for me, I don't think financially, can you afford to be only getting three and a half? Can you, is that a sustainable business model to only get three and a half? And I know that apparently the State Basketball Centre in Turner is meant to be redeveloped yeah, this year, I've, but... I think they're turning it into a stadium. Yeah. Which could be cool because my thing is, if you're going to say you're the heartland of basketball, be in the heartland. And, And it's hard and it's easy for us to say that when we don't have to look at the business and the metrics. 100%. Yeah. I'm talking
1: sort of more about the environment they got behind everyone. But again, it looked it, real cool. They had to bring in certain things to make that an NBL quality facility, new rims, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. a lot of work goes into it. Which yeah. wouldn't have to happen if they were there permanently. Well, you, there's a lot of other games that happen out of the State Basketball Centre. So maybe that has to keep getting changed and then you have to employ more people. So you're right. We have no idea what goes on. But in terms of a fan's perspective and what they did and everyone getting around, it was pretty awesome. Well, it was pretty cool. Let's jump over to the NBA.
0: Now, XM to the Cavs. And I'll tell you what, yesterday, 28 points in 24 minutes and an absolute second half where literally propelled them to the lead with a deep three off the on-ball, the on-ball, finally, Dante Exum is allowed to come off on-balls. And, and that's not a knock on the Jazz, because you've got to remember, Donovan Mitchell, Conley. No, yes a, it is. There's a pecking order. There's yeah, yeah. A, Donovan Mitchell, Conley are coming off that on-ball before Dante does, and he might get one, two on-balls a game. No, it's,
1: you're allowed to come with the Jazz, but it's fair. It's warranted, like what they've done. It's no, I, I, I,
0: I, I'm not coming, because if I'm the coach there, and there's Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, no, they're I, the dominant on-balls. Yeah, players. no,
1: I agree, but it's more of that they should have traded him earlier. Like, what are you just keeping him there No, I,
0: th- I think they could see his potential that he's got now. They could see that potential, but it just as soon as they got Conley, then it started then to become a Then why did bit, you uh, get Conley? Moody started to play a lot better than expected. So I, th- I think, look, you can't knock the Jazz in this situation. I think they've played this
1: one. They had a lot of faith. It just didn't work out. They're not disappointed that Dante's doing well now that got no, a No, I'm league. sure they're not because I'm sure they wanted to help. But again, you're either going to go all in on the guy or you're not. They kept Yeah, but there's no point going
0: in. all in because now they can get Jeremy Clarkson, a guy who's... Right now, has is, is performed better than Dante. Under more of season. A rain, it, it's it's not like that though. It, anyway, yeah. but he can go. In, and right now, he's fitting in. The Jazz are playing real well. They needed that off the bench scoring. We're, yeah, we're missing a guy the- that doesn't sort of need on balls to score. Dante scores the best off on balls. That's his skill. But there wasn't enough room on the court for him to be doing that with Conley, Moutier.
1: And Mitchell. When he got traded, we were both stoked for this stoked, because he's finally going to get a knew chance. knew this was
0: going to happen. And I didn't know twenty-eight points, or 24 points and a half was going to happen. I hoped it would happen, but I thought he was going to finally get time and be able to work it in. But he just exploded onto the scene in that game and he was sick as well.
1: The only sad part about this whole situation, or not sad, I guess it's a happy thing. You set the expectation at 28? <laughs> Matthew Dover will be in the NBL next year. Delhi in the NBL next year. Is, is his contract up? I'm not he sure. Four I, minutes I, in that game. I think so. he still gets a chance. I think he's he's
0: a good enough defender and team guy that he gets a chance on whether it be the Cavs, he stays there or somewhere else. But how good of a dude from Delhi tweeted out? So after Dante had that big game, oh, which heavily ate into Delhi's minutes. Yeah, tweeting out after the game, great job, young fella, all this sort of stuff. You could see you can see when a dude's faking it. No, no, he's and he was never not, done with, that. With the celebrations on the sideline, Deli is the most class act we have. And Paddy Mills, I'm going to throw Paddy Mills into that as well. And Dante as well. But we just don't... He's, he's a lot more introverted. We don't see him that much. The most classy dudes we could possibly have. Paddy Mills has turned his Twitter into a donation yeah, hub right now I'm, for the bushfire
1: victim. But Deli embodies everything we want to wear in a green and gold jersey. And he always has. That's 100%. why I'm not surprised that he was like that. And I'm sure... If the coach from the Cavs comes home and said, "Look, we're getting in. Dante's going to take you minutes," he would have been like, "Please, like that's fine. Like this is the oh, young he is kid. the
0: epitome of a good bloke." Yeah. And uh, so yeah.
1: I hope he does stay in the league. I don't know if he will, but I would love to see him still get another chance on a different team. I don't want to. I don't want to see him in the NBL purely because I want him to stay in the NBA. But
0: I, but I, it's a good point. Look, if he was going to come back and be a huge marquee signing oh, for a he team. massive, especially Maryborough NBL team. Expansion. Another source. I'm... Let's just keep expanding outwards. There's a huge basketball market there. And then Wagga Wagga 2023. Wagga Wagga 2013. This is probably the reason why we don't work at the NBL. But anyway, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Hools, I'm still heavily leading the chart Well, not as heavily as I was. but yeah. now, Well, it depends what sort
1: of yep. metrics you use. $2 could be heavy.
0: Yeah. Depends how much. God, you snob.
1: Are you going first? No, I'll let you go. Okay, so my $100, bucks. i am putting 50 on Melbourne uh, to beat Adelaide. This week, and then I'm putting a 50-year multi on the Breakers to beat the Bullets and the Phoenix to beat the Hawks.
0: I'm doubling up on the Breakers. This is my apology to Matt Walsh, Dan Shamir, not Moody, and the rest of the Breakers. Stop (laughs) saying not Moody. I don't know. I just don't like the dude. I don't know him at all, and I don't like him. That is a terrible thing to do. Maybe I'll meet him at one of these games. I'll shake his hand. He's he's probably a great dude. He's probably one of the best blogs to have a beer with this is probably one of the best do- <laughs> I bet you this man is the best guy to have a beer with I, I hope he is Look, I am being harsh on him but I just I just hate the antics so you're dub- on the doubling. I'm saying, I'm saying the Breakers win both games this weekend multi it up wrap it up big chance secondary's present. out so interesting I know that pushes the odds out the, trade, the, <laughs> tra- the traders are smarter than you think pretty. anyway that's all we got time for this week thanks for tuning in everyone a happy new year and we'll see you next week